Hey guys, thank you for choosing to listen to the off-season podcast, no matter where in the world you are right now. Ibrahim does have a very sad story and hopefully he's able to escape it. Just a little disclaimer that obviously the internet is very scarce and the electricity drops in and out as there's not much of it in Gaza. So some of the audio is choppy, but I did try and make it the best I could. Also... Since recording this, I have discovered that Ibrahim's brother, who lives in Canada, has set up a GoFundMe to try and get Ibrahim and his family to Canada. So I know that he has applied for the um, going through the process to get there. So if you are able to donate, there is a GoFundMe available, which I will link. Apart from that, please be aware that this is a sad story and very confronting but I feel like it's one that needed to be heard. So thank you for listening, and I greatly appreciate it. Hello, Ibrahim. Hello. How are you? I'm good, and you? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. You're safe? Trying to be safe. Yeah. Trying to be safe, doing my best to be safe. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty crazy over there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine the situation being in different uh, war. Uh, as I'm working in the media production, I cover all sorts of things around the world. But uh, nothing like uh, this, ever. Yeah. Are you from Palestine, from Gaza, or? Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, from Palestine, from Gaza Strip. Yeah. Oh, so, so you're born there? No, no, no. I uh, was born and uh, raised in uh, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Uh, till uh, 15, then I came to Gaza with my family to study my uh, and the university here in uh, Gaza. Then uh, I start work here and uh, built my uh, home, my family, and uh, this year came to erase everything. So your house has been destroyed. Yeah, yeah. Actually, my family home, my uh, my apartment also, uh, my brother home. Uh, as I mentioned before, nothing like this before. So Gaza hasn't always been like that. It's been. A good place to grow up? Uh, actually, uh, now the street talks uh, since three days once the uh, Israeli Prime Minister announced about the uh, ground in uh, operation in, in Rafah. Uh, actually, all of people are traumatized because where we should go uh, or where uh, is the safe place in Gaza. Because we moved to the Rafah, as uh, the Israeli announced, Rafah is a safe area, uh, but uh, nothing is safe. And believe me, uh, if the stone can talk, they will ask the same question. Where is the safe place or where we should go? So really, there's there's no safe place? Yeah, no safe place. If, you know, people start, start to flee from Rafah, for example, to go to the middle area. Uh, but uh, the same things in the middle area, there's operation there, there's an airstrike. Uh, but people are scared from the ground operation as they saw in Gaza City, as they saw in Khan Yunus, and uh, they are afraid to see the same things in Rafah. So is R- Rafah is close to Egypt? Yeah, it's the last uh, city in Gaza. It's beside uh, the Egyptian border. It's, uh, you know, there is a gate, there's a border uh, between uh, Palestine and Egypt and Israel. So the Rafah is the, the last uh, city. Okay. All right, all right. And going to Egypt is not an option? The Egyptian government won't let people in? Uh, yeah, it's not an option uh, because if you want to travel, 
you have to stay a long time to wait your name. You have to pay money to uh, to travel. It's not easy to go. Uh, you have have to pay to go. But uh, if you are individual, it's easy for you to pay like uh, five thousand dollars, for example. But if you have a family, you can do that. If you have, uh, for example, for my case, my mom needs dialysis uh, three times in a week. Uh, it's following to the shortage of electricity and uh, limited number of machine here in Rafah. So it's uh, it's insane. It's insane. You know, you are in the middle of nothing, thinking of your family, thinking of your mom, and you can't do anything. Now you can just you are try to think. Uh, even you can't process your um, your emotion even, because all of us are uh, affected of this war and and somehow. Is your are you still with your family or are they somewhere else? Yeah, 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 yeah. As I told you. Uh, now, uh, at the beginning of this war, uh, we used to live like a family system uh, with father, mother, and uh, brother and sister. But uh, once we came here to Rafah, uh, my brother lived in uh, one neighborhood and uh, my sister also the same. But I'm stuck with my mother here uh, beside the hospital because the situation is bad for the health system was a collapse before the war. Uh, and uh, you can't imagine during the war. Uh, right now, my mother needs a dialysis three times in a week, four hours per day. But uh, according to the shortage of electricity, more than 700 patients are trapped also in Rafah. It's impossible to do four hours. It's impossible to do it three times. But uh, no option. This is only what we have. So now we are separated. Also, there is a code here in Palestine or in Gaza uh they have said uh, if we hit it or if there is something bad happened at least one of us stay alive wow that's, that's why we are living that's scary that's very scary do you have children yeah i have three children all safe though at the moment no no believe me my little daughter she's uh, four years old uh she witnessed at least uh two wars uh she witnessed like uh, at least six escalation so uh, all what we think right now is how to leave Gaza because we have nothing left to us here there's no school no home and no mosque no even hospital so the options we have is to try to flee from Gaza where's the best option from Gaza uh, there's no good option actually you have to search and search and search I have my big brother in uh, Canada uh, actually, we have uh, they, they create a program for people who are in Gaza for three years to stay in Canada. We have applied for that. We pay for that. But uh, I think the process takes time. Uh, I think about Norway or about any other program like uh, Australia open uh, a program. Also, it's the same with uh, Canada, but stop. So uh, this is what I'm thinking right now because the uh, situation is very dangerous. No one's safe. My biggest daughter, uh, she born with a deformed heart, heart uh, after the war 2008. Many of children born with these diseases. So this is my biggest concern. I have to think about my mother. I have to think about my daughter. Uh, and actually, it's the first time to cry, actually. Uh, because you can't even uh, defend yourself. Not your kids or not your mother or not your family. You are not safe. They came to you, we are scared, 
we have we are traumatized but you can do nothing we are hopeless it's sad it's very sad hopefully hopefully you get to canada or norway or something like that soon with everything that is going on and with that option to go overseas and obviously that'll that'll take time but is there any ceasefire in the talks do you know about anything at least for some some time to relax i suppose not relax but i, I don't know what Actually, to say there was, <laughs> uh, look uh, i don't know how the people look at us but believe me we are loved alive like any normal people in the world uh, we have a wonderful life before this war uh, actually there is a rumor came from Egypt there is a negotiation about uh, truce uh, today and uh, yesterday today and tomorrow between uh, Palestinian and Israeli and the Egyptian and Qatar side uh, there is uh, rumors about uh, there is a positive new news about uh, the truce will coming but uh, the situation in the, in the ground is is not a good sign, actually. Yeah, since the morning, they uh, uh, they called the uh, people who are located in uh, Nasser Hospital, one of the biggest. I've just lost audio with you, Gabriel. People, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, the, uh, since the morning, uh, there is a big hospital and. Khanyun is called uh, Nasser Hospital. Uh, they are using a quadcopter and using drone with a loudspeaker in Arabic. They ask people to flee from the hospital. So it's not a good sign, actually. Since the morning here in Rafah, uh, there was uh, like bombing, uh, like uh, clashes. So it's not a good sign, but uh, let's hope at least uh, to have a uh, relax. <laughs> So well, I'm not laughing at the situation. Laughing at relaxing. Is Nassar, You said the only hospital, or is there another hospital close by? Uh, uh no, it's the biggest and it's the only one. It's operating in Khan Yunis and in the south area. Uh, the hospital here in Rafah uh, actually it's a clinic, not a hospital, but it's turned to be hospital. And uh, we have another two hospital. It's a ground hospital. Uh, it's built and issued uh, during this war. So the uh, situation is terrible. Like, for example, I live beside the Najar Hospital because of my mom, dialysis. Uh, this uh, hospital, it's a clinic, but turned to be a hospital. I met the administrator there. They told me uh, before the war, uh, just 100, uh, uh, 200 uh, sick per month we received here. But during this war, uh, per day we received at least 500, 600 uh, wounded, and uh, the same number as sick people. But uh, as I told you before, the health system is collapsed before the war. But now things are getting worse. Uh, there is a shortage of medical supply, medical stuff, uh, everything. There is a shortage of everything. Has Israel stopped everything coming in, or have they allowed medical supplies now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they are controlled about that. And uh, they uh, allow a part of this uh, medical supply to enter to Gaza, but not like what Gaza needs. Are they do they allow food and water and fueling, or is that all stopped? Not not. Uh, they are like uh, only like uh, we are talking about uh, thirty or forty trucks with the different stuff like uh, medical and uh, water and uh, food. But if we are talking about humane, we are talking about 
uh, north of Gaza City. Uh, since the morning, I have called my colleagues who traps in the north and they couldn't make it to be in Rafah. They told me if we didn't from the IDF, we are going to die from the hunger. Uh, we are survey, starving. There's no clean water. Uh, you know, uh, they called me like uh, a week ago. They told me the first time since the war we drink a clean water once it's rained. Before the rain, there was no clean water in Gaza City. There was, uh, they found any water and they drink it. So the situation there is very dire. They are using animal food to eat, to, to make a bread. Uh, until this moment, there is no any aid truck to go to the north. But uh, they are, there are some news about uh, they will allow to some trucks to go to the north. So uh, for the food and the water, the situation in the south is better than in the north. Some trucks and some aid came to the Rafah. Units, but for Gaza City, for uh, Jabalia, for Beit Hanun, for the north in total, it's uh, they are starving. They are starving. They since the morning I received the call. They told me we are starving. We have nothing. If this uh, continue for more than uh, weeks, months, we will die from uh, uh, hunger. We have nothing to eat. That's, yeah, that's, that's not good. So this is currently day 131. Yeah, yeah, it, it told you here it's not the big, it's not a big problem that uh, the situation of war, uh, the, the problem with the electricity, uh, shortage of uh, water, food, uh, even the telecommunication uh, before uh, months ago, there was no telecommunication, no internet, no calls, no anything. You have no idea about your family. I told you a funny and sad story at the same time uh, when we were in the middle area at the beginning I flee from my home in Gaza uh, then we have moved to the middle area then to uh, Rafah when we in um, the middle area there was no telecommunication I was in the Suhadal Aqsa hospital because I need the internet to upload the material uh, just I found my mother came Sorry for this quote. Came with a donkey. She was wounded, and she couldn't call me. Uh, she lost a lot of blood. There is a shortage of fuel. She came by a donkey with my sister to the hospital because she is wounded. She lost. She lost a lot of blood. And the bad things is that there was no tested tested blood. They can't transplant any blood to her. So she's stuck in the hospital like four days or five days. What's her fault? Nothing. So we are not only suffering from the war, we are suffering from the shortage of electricity, water, food, fuel, anything. Uh, we are talking about starvation right now. Even uh, we received many calls uh, uh, from the north, uh, people who are still from the homes because they have nothing to eat. So uh, there's nothing in the ground. Even um, in the north, maybe in the south, just you found a policeman or something like that. The government, they can't do anything. They just have to fight. Yeah, they can't do anything because the people are starving. Yeah, because people are starving right now. Uh, you know, many aid truck came to Gaza and the people go to the truck, try to take whatever they can. So uh, you can't stop them even. Uh, 
the police is trying to stop them, but they can't. They can't see. Many people are starving. Many people, you know something? I was talking with my colleagues, and many rich people, I know them in Gaza, uh, are now in the same situation because we are talking about five months right now. There is no work, and most of you here in Gaza are wages. They have no money, they have nothing, and everything is expensive. For example, something that, uh, for example, fruit and vegetables. The apple, for example, we used to purchase here in Gaza, big yellow, three kilo, like uh, $2. Right now, one kilo, it's like uh, $10, $10 or $11. And it's insane. For the vegetables, also the same. Uh, the price is not the double, it's 10 double. Uh, if you are talking about uh, union, if you are talking about uh, things like that, it's insane. If we are talking about eggs, for example, eggs were before in Gaza with the three dollars you can uh, purchase the box of uh, of eggs. Right now, uh, you need like uh, twenty five dollars to purchase eggs. Chicken, meat, it's the same. Uh, before a week ago, they imported chicken uh, from Egypt. Uh, uh, one chicken per uh, 70 shekel. It's insane uh, for the family, like uh, like for my family. At least I need two chicken. Okay, I have to pay 140 shekel for that. It's insane. It's not acceptable. Uh, for for example, let's say I can not only I do many interview with the people. I saw kids crying. I need chicken. I need chicken. I need chicken, but they can't purchase. Is this how? war about israel wanting the land oh sorry hello hello we're back yeah sorry there was a, i don't know the problem with the link or something like that um so is the whole point of this war israel wanting the land of palestine like the gaza strip actually i'm not the, the good one to answer this but uh, the amount of destruction the amount of uh, displacement of people, I don't know, it's like a sign that uh, you expect uh, people from this land. Yeah, so if we are talking about uh, the Onorwa uh, report that Gaza, if you would like to return what's like for 7 October, you need at least 70 years. So it's like uh, destroy everything. No school, no hospital, no... I don't know. So uh, the question is, is uh, I don't know. I don't know actually. But the, the things in the amount of destruction, the amount of the procedure in the ground, the amount of the reaction of the world. I don't know. It's like that. They are they are accepting what's happening. Once this war finishes, Gaza is obviously not going to be the same, and they got to rebuild, and that'll take seventy years. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I you know. Uh, my colleague sent me a picture for my neighborhood. I lived there for 20 years. Actually, I don't know the direction. I saw the amount of destruction. I don't know the, the direction for my home. I, I, I don't know my home even. I couldn't rec recognize my home, my, my family home, my brother home. So at least it will take like 70 years just to return to before 7 October. Uh, so, uh, if we are talking about infrastructure also, if we are talking about the water, if we are talking about the electricity, li electricity line, all of this are destroyed. So, they uh, also, 
the Norway, I think, and the Qatari side, the Qatari side, they have said you need at least two years just to remove the rubble. And you need like 10 years just to make a tent and uh, things like that for, for the people. So that's why a lot of people, not only me thinking of leaving Gaza, thinking about any option to leave Gaza. And this was not option before this war. For me, for example, and a lot of people, it's, it's not option. But now it's a good option to make a good future for your kids, not for you. It's not for me. It's for my kids. Is West Bank an option or is that too far? No, 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 no. Uh, for, yeah, you can enter West Bank, but for me, no. You know, because uh, there's uh, uh, the Israelis controlling the border between uh, Gaza and West Bank. So it's not allowed for us to move between Gaza and West Bank to go to West Bank or from West Bank to Gaza. So it's not a good option. If that's option for me, absolutely, I will go there. Because the life situation there is, uh, is different than Gaza a million times. Uh, if you are talking about salary, if you are talking about job opportunity, if you are talking about traveling even, if you are talking about the passport, if you are talking about how the people deal with you, if you are holding a passport and uh, written there, uh, it's from Ramallah, for example, or Jerusalem, not Gaza. There's just no way because it's Israel's right in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as I told you, for me, for example, if you give me the option to go to Jordan, for example, or West Bank, absolutely, I will choose West Bank. Situation is good. Even uh, a, a, a million difference between Gaza and uh, West Bank. But it's not option. Once Israel has done what, if they get done what they want to do with Gaza, they will target West Bank. If we stay alive after this, yeah, yeah, because uh, if we if we are so the map, yeah, yeah. Sorry, there was a I received a call at the other line. So um, uh, uh, if we stay alive, we will show something like that. Because if you saw the map that the Israeli minister hold it on the UN, he removed uh, not West Bank only, he removed Jordan also. He's holding a map like this. Uh, there was no Jordan was uh, no West Bank, there was no Gaza. Uh, let's hope this will not happen uh, because a lot of people will be damaged. Uh, a lot of people today will lose their soul, their life, their uh, roots, everything. Is there many foreigners in Gaza, like media or doctors, anything helping out or no, nothing? No, no, no. Uh, as I mentioned before, I've been here in uh, War 2008, 2012, 2014, 18, 21, and this. Uh, usually we work with the international journals, international media, and there was a restaurant, there was a coffee shop, everything was open, and there was a limited target or specific target. But during this war, no any international journalists entered to Gaza. No one entered to Gaza. And this is what makes us uh, afraid from the first day of war. Uh, secondly, for a doctor and uh, the humanitarian organization, uh, just uh, before like uh, months or months and a half, there there was like a couple of team came from uh, Norway uh, in coordination with the ICRS. Uh, but for the humanitarian aid for the organization who work in Gaza before the war, no one of them here. Even uh, they evacuate most of the people uh, who have a double nationality. Where you are, there's 
there's daily bombings close by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yesterday I was, uh, you know, I witnessed uh, something close to me. Uh, yesterday I went to the Rafah gates uh, to say goodbye to one of my closest family. Uh, once we were there, there, there was a an airstrike in the in the border, and uh, the girl behind my daughter was everyone. I saw that uh, by my own eyes. Uh, every day, every time we had there was a bombardment. Uh, that's why all of us are scared. That's why all of us didn't live like a family system. That's why we are uh, live in different areas. It's a scary way to live. I really, really hope that you get out of that soon. Yeah, I hope. I hope that too. Actually, we are doing our best. That's why you saw many people are thinking. Usually, they do like a fundraising just to rebuild their home, purchase new cars, something like that. But if you saw the GoFundMe, all the people, they are writing the title, help me to evacuate my family. Help yeah. me to evacuate my family. This is the only thing people are searching for right now. Do you think that the rest of the world can help? Is there a way that they can help stop this? Yeah, by the by protest, by showing the world what really happened in Gaza. They told you if there is a like a protest, there is a demonstration in many streets. Maybe this can create a pressure to stop this war. Actually, one of the saddest stories, you know, we are a Muslim. And we are like a, a holy month, it's Ramadan, after uh, less than 20 days. Uh, as a habit, in before 10 days, we have to prepare the decoration for Ramadan. We have to purchase new things for the kitchen, uh, prepare ourselves for Ramadan. But as you saw, most of people around the world, they are preparing themselves for Ramadan. But for us, actually, we are afraid. If, are we going to stay alive or we will die? Yeah. So this is frustrating. Hopefully we can share your story out there and get some eyes on it. And hopefully, hopefully something. It's very hard to be able to help from Australia. And... Yeah, you know, the things that make us stronger, make us, you know, uh, we are not tested alone. Uh, usually we wake up and they found a message from a colleague outside Gaza. They are thinking about us. They are see what happens, and they are they are doing a great effort, uh, doing a demonstration. Even they are not a Muslim, even they are not Arab, even they are like not interested about anything, and they are not against anyone, because the uh, people uh, saw us. Okay, you are against uh, these people, or you are against. No, we are not against anyone. We are a civilian. We are love love life. Uh, I wish for my kids to have a better future. So when you wake up, you find your colleagues from Sweden, you're from uh, Australia, for example, text you, are you okay? Why you why you are awake? Yesterday, for example, I wake up uh, to go to the bathroom at the night and I couldn't sleep. Just I opened my uh, my phone. I received a message from my colleagues. Ibrahim, are you okay? Uh, everything is okay around you? Believe me, this makes me happy. It makes me that I'm not alone. Uh, someone asking about me. Def definitely not alone. We'll make sure that you get out of this, okay? Hopefully they stop it. Ho hopefully the war just stops. They just come to an agreement. Yeah. I hope that's happening like after 10 minutes from now. <laughs> I hope so. I'm praying. Trust me. I'm praying. <laughs>
All righty, Ibrahim. Thank you very much, mate. It's been good to chat with you, and I'm sure we'll keep in contact. But please stay safe and look after your family. Uh, thank you so much uh, for you. And uh, actually, I'm glad to be with you. And uh, please, 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 anything you need, I'm ready. Thank you so much. And uh, pray for my kids. Yes, absolutely. And hopefully one day we can catch up and have a meal together. Thank you, Ibrahim. See you, mate. Thank you. Bye-bye.